Welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we take a deeper look into the sermon from this week. Pastor. Hello, Shane. How are you, man? Doing doing great. That's great. Did you have a good morning? Yeah, I did. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Got a little run in this morning, and it felt pretty good. Yesterday was Chapman's birthday. It was. How was that? It's good. Lots of dinosaurs? Did you get him dinosaurs this year? Nah, we got him this... Uh, like radio flyers, like one of those like bouncing horse things yeah. or whatever. So he wore it out yet? Uh, yeah, he was kind of a little unsure about it at first. Kind of <laughs> Piper was more pumped about it, I think, at first, but um, he likes getting on it. So we did that, and then we took him to the uh, his first movie yesterday. So we took him to the movies. God, in three years, he's never seen a movie. I know. Well, in the movie theater. Uh, so Toy Story was playing. Well, here, the, uh, how Cinemark's making money, I'm not sure. You know, the biggest theater, I think it's theater like 17 or whatever, is like their biggest theater. We were the only four people Wow, that was in that big old thing. So I guess it made it a little easier because they could just run around and do whatever they wanted during the movie. Did they, though? They did. Wow. <laughs> well, about halfway through, I think they were kind of like popcorn was gone, candy was gone. And so they were like, well, we can just run down the stairs. So... <laughs> And you're having to tell them to be quiet because you're trying to see what's going on with Buzz and Woody. And that's it. I get it. I get that's it. I get it. it. Well, man, Sunday was a uh, was a fun day. Uh, I think it was a good day overall. But uh, like you said, Sunday, I don't think this is one of those passages you'd have been like, this week we're talking about this. Yep. I think it's one of those like, well, it's here. And like you said, our bread and butter here is we walk through passages and we don't shy away from them. And so, uh, man, this is it. There was a lot of light shed on things that I think that. I don't know, you kind of you kind of hinted on it Sunday of like, yeah, it's a big deal, but it's also not that big of a deal. And Scripture clearly is telling us, like, no, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, well, I think, um, and, I, of course, I think a lot of it may be because it's uncomfortable, because it's those kind of things, there's a tendency to not talk about it or realize it. Or I think sometimes we, maybe we're just in denial. We don't like the idea of the presence of evil or whatever it could be, you know, I, I don't, I think that kind of sometimes maybe freaks us out a little bit or it kind of weirds us out. But I mean, very clearly in scripture, of course, you know, we looked at a lot of scripture, um, on Sunday and I think that's what a lot of it was just like, Hey, I'm not making this up. Like this is biblical, like this, like over and over again from Genesis to revelation, you see this theme, um, continually pop up. And so you can't, you can't read it and ignore it. Um, and so for me, it was just a good sober, I mean, it was just sobering and just to be, I mean, like, you know, just to be reminded, hey, we're at war and things sometimes we think are really maybe what's just fleshly or physical going on. There's actually something behind that and there's something very spiritual going on. There's spiritual battle and, you know, we need to be ready, prayed up, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, for sure. Well, man, jumping into some questions, um, and you kind of hit on it. So we talk about it a little bit today. And so, uh, why did Jesus cast the demons into the pigs? Well, um, there's a lot of debate on that. So, um, and that, that's one of the reasons why we we not we didn't skip over it, but I think we just kind of just highlighted it quickly on this thing because there's a lot of people that don't because there's not really an explanation of why that happened. And so, I think any any type of explanation that we would give at the end of the day, we really don't really don't know why. Um, I mean, it's very clear that I mean. 
Jesus was not going to allow the demons to, to let them occupy these two men any longer. So they had to go somewhere, and so there was that. Um, you know, I've read some people, basically they, they talk about how, and if you're familiar with Jewish uh, culture and history, and especially coming out of the Old Testament, is that they um, this, pigs were unclean. Um, and so most likely this is a Jewish person that owns just tons of pigs, and so not not, not that... Um, he's just trying to judge this man or anything, but that what you could almost assume is this man probably shouldn't have been raising all these pigs to begin with. Um, but also for pigs, even if they did raise them, they were made to be slaughtered. Like that was the reason why they had them. And so just expedited that process. Um, and so, but at the end of the day, a lot of it is, I mean, it's, I think it's all speculation of what, you know, why, I mean, it's just, I mean, in all, Basically, everybody that I was reading, um, scholars and writers on that passage were kind of, at the end of the day, we really don't under, like, it, it's a weird, let's all acknowledge it's weird, and it's, you know, it just seems kind of bizarre, um, but for us to try to really explain, like, it's hard for us to really understand truly why, because we weren't there, and Jesus doesn't really give us explanation for that, which I think, in, in any time in passages when it does that is, Obviously, that's not the point of it. So if we get tied up so much into the pig part, we kind of miss the whole. Yeah. The really the point that's being trying to made, and even similar to you see the people they're more worried about the pigs than the men that just got set free. And so I think that's kind of some of the point is like it's interesting to kind of talk about it and, and to think or speculate about it. You know, that's interesting, but it, at the end of the day, that's not the main point of the passage. So um, I don't know if that helps. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really clear up anything, but it's just kind (laughs) of like I think you know it's it's hard to really nail down exactly everything about it. Well, I think you're hitting two important things that we need to do when we come to scripture. One, look at a historical context. Um, You like you've said that in Jewish culture, pigs were not so much great, Um, and so knowing that I need to look at this from not my my worldview and what I'm seeing now, it's what's going on in the time. And then two, sometimes things like that. Yes, there's a reason why we may not know it. But that's not the main emphasis of, of what's happening here. Yeah, so I, sure. I think even in that answer, though, you're pulling out two really good yeah. things that we need to see. Um, man, how did Lucifer become Satan? Well, I'll give you, um, you and the listeners out there, uh, I'll give you a couple passages that you can kind of read about. Because we really didn't, I think in the passage, we really, in, I think it was maybe in our Genesis series, we actually did a series on, I think, the origin of evil, didn't we? Um, I can't remember which Maybe it was the second or third sermon in that series that yeah. we did in Genesis somewhere. But anyway, if if, um, if you wanted to go back to kind of go into more detail, because that's kind of one of the issues that we addressed is the origin and the kind of start of evil, I guess. But I'll give you a couple uh, uh, passages that you could look at that kind of talk through the the, um, the fall of Satan. One is Ezekiel 28, uh, verses 11 through 19. Um, and in that, I think it's... Um, Starts talking about kind of the king of Tyree a little bit, but then very clearly you see there's like a transition in there where it's like, all right, we're not talking about an earthly king anymore. Um, And a lot of it begins to kind of talk about how uh, basically he was uh, um, almost like the head. I know some people say it this way, the head worship leader. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's just kind of our modern translation of it, but um, was really instrumental in the worship. And all of a sudden he aspired pride, arrogance, aspired. Um, to lift himself higher than the Lord. There's another passage, um, Isaiah 14, uh, 12 through 20. 
And then one of the passages we read kind of talk about that war that took place in heaven when a third of the angels fell, Satan fell, and that was in Revelation 12, 7 through 9, where it kind of cites back to that. And then even Jesus, I think the passage in Luke 10, maybe we read at the very end, um, he talks about, he says, I saw Satan fall, um, fall from heaven. Uh, even there, kind of talks about the fall of Satan. And so th- there's a lot of speculation of, you know, the origin of demons. and um, But what it seems to be included is that, is that fall of of the those third angels that come and, and basically align themselves with Satan. They fall, they're cast down. And so there, there's a lot of, even in that, I think what's a little frustrating too is you don't, it just kind of tells us that. It doesn't really tell us like exact like how did evil evil rise up and like why did he get filled with pride? He's in the presence of Jesus, you know. And so, and we tackled some of those questions. I think in that Genesis uh, sermon, you know, somewhat. But kind of in there, you start to see kind of the origins of. But I think it's just like to be reminded of in that is even I think it's and we read it in Revelation twelve. It talks about this war that took place. And so, like I mean, very clear. I mean, it's not like. Satan and his demons and his demonic forces are just like, just like, oh, you know, we'll just, I mean, they hate, um, despise God, his glory, his kingdom. Um, and you see even in Genesis 3, goes against the very thing that was created in the very image of God to destroy it, you know. And so um, very, uh, they're not just like, oh, we'll just let whatever happen. I mean, very clearly throughout Scripture you see war uh, coming against God, His kingdom, those who are created in the image of God, um, us, and so. Yeah, and if you want more information about that um, that sermon, just reach out to us. We can send you a link to that, and we'd love for you to check that out. Um, that was from our foundation series. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, that's a it, – it's hard, I think, a little bit as we look into it because there's a lot of stuff that, like you said, it's not we – don't, we don't see it. We don't have an account for it. So it's like I don't understand it fully, but – to know there's there's like I think you gave a great explanation on that. Um, can Christians be possessed? So I think that's a question that actually comes out. You know that I think scares us a little bit. And we see and obviously these two men are literally possessed. You know we looked at the Greek translation demonized. I mean literally they are not just influenced by demons, but literally they're these demons have taken up residence in these men. So I'll, I'll give you. Um, from what I've read in Scripture and what, um, I mean, people are more than welcome to reach out, have dialogue, um, but my understanding is that the answer would be no, that Christians cannot be uh, possessed by demons. And I'll give you a couple of Scriptures to kind of back that up, and then we'll kind of talk through that just a little bit. But uh, one is, and we read it um, in First John 4, uh, 4, where it says, Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Um, and then uh, it's Ephesians five eighteen. It says, "Do not be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with the Spirit of God." And so I, I would say this, and, and or, or let me say it this way: people that are truly Christians, that have truly been indwelled by the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. another spirit can't then take up residence where the Spirit of God already dwells. Now it could be this: it could be someone who proclaims to be a Christian, who proclaims to be, but maybe doesn't really know Jesus. Um, so I think that where, that's where it could be confusion. If some people yeah. could be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus, but yet they don't actually know Jesus. They're actually not filled and indwelled by the Spirit of God. Could become, let's just say, an example, could be possessed by a demon. And so it would be like, well, I thought they were a Christian. Why are they, you know, this? But I, I, those who are truly 
followers of Jesus who have been filled and are in being indwelled by the Spirit of God. Um, from my understanding is how in the world could a demon come then possess someone who the Spirit of God already possesses yeah. that person? Because it's that same kind of language when you think about it, and that's that same why he does in Ephesians 5 is he's like, don't be intoxicated with, with alcohol, being under the influence, literally almost dispossessed by that thing, but rather be filled with and continually being filled with the Spirit of God of he literally possesses us. I mean, so it's that same kind of understanding of like, and I mean, you, you see, I think, was it Galatians? Um, he says the same thing. Uh, For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So it's like I'm not now, I'm no longer in control. Like someone is taking up residence up in me and, and through me, and that, that's Christ in spirit. And so I would just, just quickly say that no, um, since we've been possessed by the spirit of God and indwelled by the Spirit of God, you know, now, I mean, of course, that may lead into the next question a little bit, but there are other influences and there's other things, you know, so I don't know if that goes in the next question or not. But. Yeah, um, next thing is, is possession the only way that Satan can interact with people? No, because, I mean, you see here, of course, I mean, you see, obviously, this is really one of the most extreme examples of Satan and his demonic forces, in you know, is possessing a person. But to think about it, that's not the only way, you know, um, the enemy exerts influence in the world, um, in us, in our church, in our families, in things. And so uh, that, that could be a way, but there, I think there are many other ways that Satan and his demons, you know, do influence, whether that is, and you see in Genesis chapter 3, whether that's, the influence to sin, the influence of, um, and, and I think you see this whether this you see this in there, you see this with false teaching. I mean, I think one of the the tactics of the enemy is deception. You know, is lying, distorting, twisting God's word. Um, with ultimately the the the, I think the goal of not glorifying God and doing things that aren't in obedience to God. So I'll read this page one of John eight. Um, this is where Jesus is talking, and he says this to verse um, verse 44. He says, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was, uh, he, uh, let's see, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so what, it's, what he says, like, Satan the devil is... I mean, his greatest tactic is lying. So it is deception. It is, and so it doesn't always have to be this this idea. It could be of possession, but it could also be influence. I mean, you see in Adam and Eve, he, he twists the truth, tells partly the truth. So it's kind of right, you know. So you, you see, I, I think you see uh, the example of Satan's influence within, let's say, just say in, in the church in general with false teaching. So that's a demonic. Yeah. Um, and actually, he refers to that throughout different passages. And I, I don't have it right in front of me, but there's other passages where he'll name people and talk about like that Satan's influenced them to come in to teach false things. Uh, that that's a demonic influence is false teaching, bring false teachers, false teaching within the church. I think another thing you see of one of the things is that um, uh, the influences of demonic activity in Satan is division, uh, causing division. Um, and so I think that's one of the things we have to be careful of within the church 
within our life, within relationships, Christian relationships, uh, husband, wife, friends, whatever, is that one of the enemies wants to divide. And so, I mean, I, I would just say even now with it, with all this election and everything going on, like one of the things we I think as a church we got to be super careful with is like we got to be, and this is Republican, this Democrat, independent, whatever, is like Satan uses this to divide us as as a church, and we can get so consumed with election politics of stuff that we forget and we're no longer focused on the gospel. And like, and I think that's one to say, I mean, Satan, uh, I heard somebody say this, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Or I could say it this way. It was like, he just doesn't want you to focus on Jesus. And so he'll do, um, let me pull this passage. Um, uh, second Corinthians, let me get my Bible right here. Second Corinthians 11, uh, three, he says this, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his uh, cunning, so your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere, pure devotion to Christ. So this is right there. Like one of his greatest tasks is to, is to turn your eyes away from Jesus in a sincere, pure devotion to Jesus. So this could be, if you're not a, a Christian, I mean, this could be possession. This could be that thing, or it could be just normal things of life of influencing us to focus more on politics than the gospel and. Um, to, to focus on things of life, money, wealth, uh, things of this world. And so, uh, you know, I think that's the thing is that maybe we, we need to be aware of is that when we think of a demonic activity or forces, we think of like the most extreme thing, and it is that, but also it's also just the influence of the world, uh, the love of the world, the, to see how, how many times deceptive and cunning and sly the enemy and the enemies are you know, in our life. And so I think that's just recognizing that, you know, of like, hey, as a church, let's, we need to stand guard, you know, just in the season we're in or whatever. Like, hey, you know, Satan wants to cause disunity within the body. He'll do whatever it takes, you know. I mean, yeah. So, and just because he, you doesn't mean like somebody's possessed, you know. I mean, do you remember he looks at Peter? Peter's like, oh, no, Lord, you know, you're not going to go to the cross. He says, get behind me, Satan. Like, that not mean Peter was necessarily possessed by Satan, but it's like what you're sp- like you're not speaking truth and yeah. so you know absolutely man uh man that was a i mean i feel like that was like we've said probably not the passage you'd have opened and been like this is it this is the one but man thank you for being faithful to bring out difficult truths um and now moving to the portion of the podcast uh, the know your pastor portion um we have seen some iconic men play a certain role. You see Adam West on TV. You see yeah. Michael Keaton, late 80s, early 90s. You see Val Kilmer in Batman Forever. Uh, you see George Clooney in Batman and Robin. You see Christian Bale in The Dark Knight. You see Will Arnett in Lego Batman. You see Ben Affleck in Batman v Superman. And you have Robert Pattinson in the new Batman movies. Pastor, if you could have been one of these characters, if whether you wanted to play that role or you like that role the most, you could have been the actor doing that. Which Batman would you have wanted to be and why? Uh, Christian Bell, for sure. Yeah. That, that was no hesitation. That's easy. Yeah, you've thought about this. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. That, that, I mean, I like all of them. I mean, I, I, I you know, I do do enjoy Batman. You have the Michael Keaton mask, don't you? I do have the Michael Keaton mask. So. Um, but I do, I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if you noticed. I think it's the transition from when the Dark Knight and then the Dark Knight Rises. 
um, Christian Bale's mask changes so that he can be able to turn his head. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Um, I did notice that because of all. Well, I I guess he does it at the beginning of Dark Knight and before he changes the the thing because you know he can't really turn his head and so they create a, a mask that he's able to turn his head in. But which I'm glad they address it because I feel like that's as fans that's probably something that we've thought of. Yeah, many I think times. Dark. I, I, the reason why I like that is because it feels a little more real. You know, like even like let's say the Tumblr. You know, like the the Batman. Like it's not like some, not the other ones are cheesy or whatever. But it's like okay, I, I can get down with that. Like that that would be like a legitimate. Like you, you saying you don't like one that drives up walls? Is that what you're trying to get at here? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it just I think all of it seems a little more real. Uh, seems a little more down to earth. I think it. Uh, you know, that's one of the things my dad always talked about. I think it it captures the darkness a little bit better than the comics of like really how evil the joke, like all that, you know? So I think it, you know, the, the, I don't know. I, I, I just like those better for sure. I can watch them all the time. So James Doty surprising the role of Christian Bale in the dark Knight. I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd watch it. I like, I like his voice too. Do you have, do you have a Batman voice? Can we, nah. can we, <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on, man. The people want to hear it. Nah, <laughs> maybe one day it'll show up in a sermon accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of there. It was kind of that right there. You just yeah. have to talk in a super deep voice, <laughs> Shane. Which is oh, yeah. hey, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> you just gotta get super. It, it really, I don't see how he did it. It really, it kind of hurts your throat. So yeah, to talk like that all the time. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't lose his voice. Man, probably lots of tea. But glad to know that you would be in the the Dark Knight trilogy. So, well, man, um, like I said, this has been a. It's been a different week. This passage, I'm sure, was challenging for you. But, man, thanks for being faithful. Um, and thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Taken.